Welcome back, and if the Jane Goodall interview was the first episode of Ecolution you ever heard, well, we're glad to have you back. Art and creativity are things we've returned to again and again on this show, because in order to find solutions to problems as complex as those facing us, we need every possible angle to be looked at, and the ingenuity of our creators used to thinking outside the box can really help us get out of the mess that we're in. Last autumn, the Irish Museum of Modern Art hosted their inaugural Earth Rising event, a festival of eco-related programming showcasing the most exciting innovators in the field of eco-citizen science, design and creativity. And its aim was to empower audiences to become agents of change. It's due to return again in September, so we thought we'd share what felt so special about the event last year. It gathered artists, musicians, scientists and creative people from across the country, all intent on inspiring, educating and sharing creative responses to the climate and biodiversity crisis. And the importance of this level of gathered creativity was something the person tasked with launching the event knew only too well. My name is Anya Murray and I came along yesterday to see what was going on here because it's such a brilliant festival and I was also invited to launch the festival with a bit of a speech. Often ecological art, environmental activism is seen as something very much on the fringe so to bring it into the core of a cultural institution in Dublin and that it's so community driven as well the way that they invited people to submit and they let I think pretty much everybody who had a proposal come and do it. So that's a really lovely participative festival and it's worked out gorgeously. Well, you know we're no strangers to cub reporters here on Ecolation. So we sent intrepid seven-year-old investigator Rosa loose to see what she could find at the event. And Rosa wasted no time getting musical. How do you know how to play something when you can't even see the chords? Is this a chair or a table? A chair. Liz Dahl from the Rediscovery Centre in Ballymun. We're butchering a chair. <laughs> Literally, we have a chair that every single part of the chair was made. The lamp that you see there, the clocks, the hook hangers, everything that you see. And then we have a music chair. This is an instrument chair. A garden chair, a desk chair, a library chair, armchair, and then a corner piece. All recycled, upgraded, saved from the landfill. A clock chair with a broken bit. A hug chair. I know what this is. It's a mobile. Delicate things that get delicate places. Too much furniture it gets dumped in the landfill every day. And like, if you want to repurpose it or see it as something different, people have crazy ideas, but fantastic ideas. Could do anything with a chair or any piece of furniture. You know, you break it down, use it for different things or whatever. You'd be surprised. There's no need for it. No need for the waste at all. The dragon chase along the dog bed and the hook chair are my favourites. Last year we interviewed George Monbiot to talk about his book Regenesis, a deep dive into the wonders of soil and its importance to us all. That episode is still available and those wonders have intrigued other artists too. My name is James Hohey, I'm here with my wife Eileen Hutton. We're doing an installation and workshop revolving around the wonders of soil. We would like to invite people coming past to look at soil maybe slightly differently than they did five minutes before they came to us. Yeah, so the chromatograms, we're looking at soil a little bit differently. It's about five grams of soil ground up in a very diluted solution of sodium hydroxide. And then we place a light-sensitive filter paper and a small, tiny wick, also filter paper. The wick absorbs the soil very slowly and then kind of radiates it out. So the, the different patterns that you're seeing is kind of a reflection of the, the variety of soils 
one that's quite of a sandy soil. It's almost green and yellow in color and it's got spikes at the end of it. Heatier soil almost looks a bit more fungal. It's just one of those things that, of course, we walk over, look over into the fields, into the back gardens, and we just really do take it for granted. And we're entering a time in human life where the soils have been depleted all over the world. And, you know, rather than being beaten over the head with, you know, the big facts and figures about these things and being overwhelmed by it, again, our little corner here is more about introducing the window of wonder into what is soil in the first place? Why should we care about soil? And when you do step a little closer into it and you see it through the chromatograms or you see it through the soil life, well, you get to see then that this world that we live in is very much a macro level of something that's going on right under our feet where you can have like a teaspoon of soil which will carry in it more life in it than all the humans that are on the planet. That's one teaspoon. But to really take a second and think about that and think of all the billions of teaspoons that are out there and then to realise then that all of this soil life is absolutely vital to produce the plant life that we all rely on. Not just us to eat vegetables and fruit and vegetables, for the animals that eat the plants. And we're talking about oxygen, we're talking about the taking in of carbon, carbon sequestration. All of this comes down to soil. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could all just um, appreciate it just that little bit more? I think as kids, art and play are just a part of our lives. We do it in school, at home, and it fits into our hobbies. But sometimes, as people grow older, they don't find as much space for it. People can forget that art gives everyone permission to play. And play is something that could actually make a difference in how we discuss climate. My name is Martin O'Donoghue and I set up a company called playstrategist.com and I use play as a way to engage people in different topics, different conversations, so it becomes a gateway into whatever we're trying to help people move on with. When you play, right, you revert to a more open way of thinking. If you remember back as a child, when you played with people, you had to learn to cooperate. You also had no fixed outcome on what might happen. So you enter in this state where new possibilities occur to you and as you're playing, you let go of things that you might otherwise normally do. You become more creative in your thinking and also it's fun and, and the people you're playing with buy into it and suddenly a new form of cooperation evolves because you're playing, there's no risk involved. Whereas if I'm talking to you about the 10 things you should do as an adult to try and help biodiversity, I'm telling you things. When I'm playing with you, I'm suggesting things and you're also responding back and there's no fixed rules in play, it evolves. So that, that's my belief anyway, that if we use play and a playful mindset, if we cultivate that and we use play strategically to then advance some of the ideas we're trying to get across, then we're, we're co-creating with people and, and we're co-liberating people. Well, my mum Katrina is all about play and she is part of the Dohan Collective who were on site for the whole event last year and they chose to rejig a familiar game. And Rosa and the other kids were dying to play. And down the walls the dice! And down the walls the My name's Katrina Kenny. My name's Gary Turrell. And I'm Dara Wynn, and we are the Dohan Collective, with Ellen Hegarty. 
we're basically playing a game of snakes and ladders, using snakes and ladders as a metaphor to understand our own climate journeys, the ladders being things that give us hope and help us make progress in terms of climate action. So Emily Rose, how do you need to say the hail pun smacked the curve and have a way rider? Uh, to solar panels there are talk. Anna Okay, Emma, are you And the snakes being things that hinder climate action or lead to sort of climate despair. One, two, I suppose genuinely uh, our climate journeys have all felt like a game of snakes and ladders at times where you feel like you're making progress or you feel like you're doing the right thing. Keep cups for example and then you find out that actually you'd have to drink a thousand cups of coffee to, to justify that one cup. That's just one example of the feeling that you get when you're trying to do the right thing but actually there's systemic reasons that get in the way that, that hinder your action and also the emotional side to it. You know, facing up to the climate crisis and the biodiversity crisis feels like a big fat snake at times. Snakes are bad because like people littering. Absolutely, people littering and that litter can then often end up where? Animals live. Where animals live and in the sea. Maybe it's a little bit less intimidating, it's, it's more inclusive so we all really want to have conversations with people and we felt this would be a great way of doing that so there's there's also questions as well, the spot questions scattered throughout the board and that's really to, to ask people questions. So Rosa, what's your favourite thing when you're outside walking? Ladybirds and um, I like looking at leaves and plants. I love ladybirds too. And do you know, you, that's funny that you mentioned leaves and plants because do you know where ladybirds go to sleep in the winter? Leaves and plants. Exactly. And do you know a really good way of making sure that ladybirds have somewhere to go in the winter? No. Well, it's to be a little bit messy in your garden. But it's not about, you know, how much do you know or what's right or wrong. It's more about, have you thought about this or what's your opinion on that? You know, and just really having conversations and bringing people into the fold a little bit more. So making it inclusive and making it conversation that we all have something that we can bring and and learn from each other as well. I'm Alba. I'm four. I'm Antonio. I'm seven years old. We just played a game of snakes and ladders. It was very good. So my name is Ellen and I'm here today with the Dohan Collective. For me, I suppose personally, I know that climate change makes me feel very sad in my heart is how I'd sometimes explain it to the children. And the way that really helps me to deal with that is through action. And I think there's been a lot of studies done to show that action gives people hope or people feel that if they're doing something that that can give them hope. But I think where there's a big problem is that climate change is so huge and kind of almost intangible that sometimes people don't even know where to start as regards action. I suppose through these conversations we're trying to inspire people towards actions that they can take because sometimes you can feel so overwhelmed by everything that needs to be done that sometimes you're almost paralysed and it's almost sometimes easier to just do nothing. So we want to show people that little actions can lead to big actions and every action matters. I couldn't agree more with Ellen. There were a host of stands that offered a chance for families to make and do with things that would otherwise have been thrown away. I am Francesca and I'm six and a half. Having fun and doing out. I'm Rachel Druitt and today we are making a portrait out of plastic waste of David Attenborough and Bjork. Because they are both 
incredibly prevalent on the um, environmental scene. Bjork has produced several shows where the funding has gone on to um, local projects back in Iceland to do with sustainability. And David Attenborough obviously is very well known for his work in nature documentaries and climate activism. Some people put on literal plays. My name is Neve. I'm one half of Spooky Bjor, the other half being Helen Flanagan. And we have two days of workshops using recyclable and non-recyclable materials to make props, costume and set design. On the third day, on Sunday, we're going to put on an eco-panto written by myself involving uh, these lovely folk inside here. And then obviously all the costume and set pieces will be made by the young people. We're inspired by folklore, folk horror, but we're not bringing any scary things this year, (laughs) except for the ecological crisis. But one of the things that attracted visitors in droves was a very colourful project by Monkey Shine from Kilkenny. I am Iggy. I am seven. My favourite thing today is the crab paper art. I've done an underwater scene. I'm Jim and I'm from Monkey Shine and we have a project running at the moment called Create the Future and we are getting people to kind of think about their connection to the planet and to all the beings of the planet, so not just the human beings but the other beings we share the planet with. I'm doing an elephant. What are you doing, guys? I'm doing a mentor. I'm going to draw me, make me out of some random colour climb. So like climb, a change, climb, it, change. Today we get everyone to make a small fractal, which is about a 20 centimetre diameter sort of plate-shaped piece of work. And then they get sewn together with seven other ones. And we make a flower, and then the flowers are put onto the willow hoops, and then the willow hoops clad this dome. And what you'll do is you only can use glue and scissors and the bits of coloured paper in here. Yeah? There's loads of colours in there, you just dig down, find the colour you want. And if you can't find a colour, just tell me, and we have fresh colours as well. I suppose ultimately what we're making is a, a giant kaleidoscope. To have a little think about a special place in the outdoor world, in the environment where you like to be, or where you might have been in your past. Whether you've been there, you maybe go there often, or you might have only been there once. It might be your garden, or a park, or the mountains, or the beach, or forests. And when you're in that space, have a little think about who else might be in that space. What other beings might be in that space with you? I've already done my elephant's ear. Here. See? So what we're doing is we're making, creating a celebration of all beings on the planet, yeah? And we've gone all around the country. We've been to Galway and Kilkenny and Dublin. And by the end of it, we'll have 500 people's work in it. Monkshine Makes is our Instagram handle. And then we have a website, Monkshine. Big thanks to Emma Earth Rising for having us along to the event. Monkey Shine and many other new and returning creatives will return to Emma for Earth Rising 2, which runs from the 21st to the 24th of September. Rosa may still be there, she enjoyed it so much. For more details, head to Emma.ie.
Earth Rising is a festival that celebrates possibility by finding creative hope in make and do. And Anya Murray knows just how important a communication tool art can be. Art, art drives culture. And it's not until we have a major cultural change are we going to see the changes that we need in terms of bringing down our greenhouse gas emissions, in terms of respecting nature more, in terms of looking after species like breeding waders, curlew, lapwing, red shanks that are declining. This isn't getting through to most people. They're not aware of these issues. And art creates a way, it's like an emotional buffer for people to engage with these issues, especially when it's participative. I was just looking at a workshop there on donut economics where they're getting people to, to draw out the donut with pieces of string. And it's just a, a different, people don't have their guard up for a start, they're not being lectured at, but they're learning. There's also the accidental rapper gave such a brilliant explanation of liquefied natural gas and fracking and issues that are inaccessible and people don't necessarily want to know about. But to do that through art is really, really important. And we actually need more of this throughout the arts. Music, visual arts, sculpture, crafting. We we need more artists to engage in these issues. And we're not going to get the might of cultural change or the weight of cultural change that we need to see if we don't have more participation in the arts. So it's so wonderful to see this happening here. We're going to take a quick break for a few weeks, but we will return mid-August, so don't you worry. Ecolution is produced by Nikki Coughlin and presented by me, Evie Kenny. See you soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, RTE Junior has tons of podcasts for kids of all ages. Simply search for RTE Junior Radio and have a listen.